Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm really excited to have today's guest on. Um, I actually haven't had anybody in this space yet, so I'm super excited um, to welcome Kathy Cruz. She's the owner of The Savvy Shopkeeper, which is a podcast and community for independent retailers. And she's also the co-owner of um, a brick and mortar, The Salvage Boutique. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and so you got your champagne. How is it? I have not had that one yet. I do. It's really good. And, and it's in, I had it in the refrigerator chilling. Mm. Um, I don't know the name of it. You you probably know the name of it. You ordered it. It's right? really good. Oh, good. It's yeah. crisp. It's, not, oh, good. it's like a good balance between sweet and not so sweet. Okay. Yeah. It said dry. And I know I tend to go to the dry side. So uh, hopefully, but sometimes I, you know, they're like bone dry, but, um, yeah, it was something in Italian, so I don't know the name, but, but I'm glad it's good. <laughs> Neither one of us. Neither yeah. one of us want to say it. Yeah, exactly. It's cold and yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. I've just got a canned champagne just upon that. Like I just love the little canned ones for some reason. Like, but was I guess because they're like perfect servings and they're, you know, just they're co- so cute in their little cans. That's like totally why I buy wines because they're labels. <laughs> and you know what, Nicole? This is actually a full bottle. I know. Go for it. It's Thursday. <laughs> I was so shocked. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So all the details, your whole story, you know, um, how long have you been a business owner? Like what is the business? Who does it help? And like how you got started, all of that stuff. Well, um, I, I like most people, I feel like who, um, follow the entre- entrepreneur path, we usually start in something completely different. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in law enforcement for 20 years. Oh, wow. You retired a little early. I retired three years ago, two and a half years ago. And I say retired in quotations. Um, but I did. I, I left a little earlier than most of my colleagues. And I left because I had opened the brick and mortar store with my sister a few years prior to that. And while working law enforcement and working crazy hours and trying to open the store. I just found I had a really strong passion for being a business owner and for being a retail business owner. So I decided to go all in with the store. And at around the same time, I launched the Savvy Shopkeeper blog because what I found was I was really struggling to find a blogger or a podcast or any type of online resource or education for small independent retail business owners like me. And I couldn't find it anywhere. So I decided, okay, I'll start the blog and I'll start writing about it. And it was a passion project that now turned into a second business. So I still co-own the store with my sister. It's a home decor boutique. And then I run Savvy Shopkeeper and there's membership groups. I do one-on-one coaching and consulting. Um, There are a few communities and then I have the podcast. That's so cool. That's, um, 
seems like such a, a jump from what you did for so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Without a doubt, without a doubt, it was a complete 180. Yeah, but that's so cool. I mean, that's what, like, I don't know, the joy and, you know, the, one of the freedoms of being an entrepreneur is we get to, you know, figure out what we want to do and just go after it. Yeah, and it, you know, it surprised me. I think I always knew, even in high school, that I wanted to be my own boss, but I took a different path and I'm really proud of the work I did in law enforcement, mm-hmm. but I could feel a huge tug. And luckily, I have a husband who was a boyfriend at the time, but a husband who's really supportive of my endeavors and family, my mom, my sister, my brother, you know, friends who were really supportive. Um, so it just worked out. They all said, yeah, do it. Go for it. Just do it. That's so cool. So like growing up and like maybe as a hobby and stuff, did you ever kind of do that on the side or it was just kind yeah. of all completely new? I guess when I think about it, there were a few occasions where I kind of dipped my toe in. I did a little bit of custom framing. I worked out of um, a woman's home who did custom framing. My sister and I, at one point, we launched this little craft business. I don't even think we realized what we were doing. I think it was just us testing the waters and we had no idea at the time. But that ended, you know, it was a short stint and that ended. And then we really, um, we just had this like craving or yearning to do something creative together. And we started working on upcycling projects in our homes and her whole living room was taken over by power tools and sawdust. (laughs) And my basement, you know, I took over my basement and it was filled with inventory and merchandise and furniture. And we decided like, let's just try it. Let's find a small brick and mortar storefront and just go for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did and it worked out. That's so cool. So your community, is it all brick and mortar or is it some online like retail or boutiques or is it a mix? On on my own personal path with my sister, we went from working out of our homes, selling on social media, selling on Etsy, selling at markets, and then opening the brick and mortar store. So we took this... It was over just like a year and a half, but there were many steps to get to the brick and mortar. And someone recently said, and I really appreciated this on a a podcast review, they they referred to us as modern retailers. And we are because there's so much crossover. So there might be a brick and mortar store owner who's... There might be a brick and mortar store owner with an e-commerce shop. There might be an e-commerce store owner who does market events. And we're just kind of all crossing over into each other's paths. So a lot of the things that I teach can apply to most independent retailers right now because there's omni-channel and there's still brick and mortar, but yet we're all dipping our toes into all these different facets of retail. That's awesome. Yeah. And being a retailer, I'm sure is just hard. So having that support and that community to bounce things off and talk to people, I'm sure is just amazing in there. Yeah. And I think part of it is so many retailers keep everything close to the chest. Yeah. And, you know, it can be competitive and, you know, I, I'm all for doing the work and learning on your own and, and getting out and actually doing what needs to get done to succeed. But I'm also all for like getting a little bit of help and getting Mm -hmm. answers to some questions and having the support. And that's what, you know, the savvy shopkeeper 
there's three groups, but the free group in particular is the largest. And that's what, what happens there. And it's really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it, it can be, you know, it's just hard sometimes being an entrepreneur, whether it's retail or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, not having to reinvent the wheel and having some support, you know, it's just, yeah, a game changer. Yeah. The one thing that w- the, most of the women in the group that I hear the most often is this can be a lonely path. And it's the same with online business owners who work mm-hmm. from home um, and work from a laptop or remote workers, you know, that's lonely too. It's the same in retail. We all get lonely as well. Yeah, totally. Um, so do you have any, like, how do you balance, you know, work and life? You've got a lot going on and family. And so do you have any like tips on that? Um, I feel like that's actually been better since I, um, left law enforcement. When I was in law enforcement, the last two or three years, I was working 60, 70 hours a week. Oh, wow. And then working the store. So I feel like my life is much more peaceful now. Plus it's on my terms. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like to, I, I love my Google calendar and I like to block time. So for instance, when I'm at the store, I don't dedicate any of that time to Savvy Shopkeeper. I have like really clear boundaries around both businesses. And then I usually work on Savvy Shopkeepers in the mornings. And then I try to keep evenings, at least two or three evenings out of the week as clear as possible for family. Mm -hmm. And then weekends. Um, I've definitely been better about not working on weekends. But really the Google Calendar and Calendly those two things keep me really organized and in line. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good balance of work and family and friends. Yeah, totally. I know Google calendar. Like I just made this switch probably like a year ago. Like I was always a handwritten, just loved my planners. And my husband was like, you just need to make the switch. It's going to be a lot easier and quicker. And I was like, but I like writing, <laughs> but yeah, it's made such a difference. <laughs> It really does. Plus, I mean, for me, um, I always feel like the reminders are a huge help. And sometimes I set two or three notifications like a day before, (laughs) an hour before. It really helps my cluttered brain. I know. Yeah, me too. Because it's just like you think of it and it's like, all right, just put it in now because you're not going to remember. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Um, Yeah. So kind of going a little bit more into that, like, do you have any apps or automation or anything that you use in your business? Oh gosh, I'm sure I do. Well, I mean, for if hopefully anyone listening that um, is in retail, I don't know if you have any retail listeners, but you know, the WordPress app for the website, um, I look at analytics a lot. I'm a very big data person. Mm-hmm. Um, Square point of sale, because that's the point of sale system that we use. So we also use it for invoicing customers. We also do custom services in our store. So I probably use that a lot because I can just, even if I'm not in the store and a customer wants something, I can, I can invoice them. Um, automations are probably way more for savvy shopkeeper than the store, but like the store, we have a lot of systems in place. So we have a wall of like file drawers or organizers and, you know, one slot has what our process is for um, instructing people on how to take care of a piece of furniture. Another one is instructions on how to apply to have custom services done in the store. So that way, my sister and I are always on the same page. 
you know, that we have a pricing sheets for two different types of products. If somebody asks us for custom work on it, we go right to that sheet and that way we're always consistent. So I feel like the, the automation or the systems really are more on paper, but in place at the store. And then digital automation is more, um, for savvy shopkeeper. And that's, you know, sometimes linking up the products that are purchased in my online academy with my email list, but I'm not doing all of that manually. Mm-hmm. So things like that. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot in the background. Yeah, totally. And I know like, I feel like for me, automation, like I, I put it off for a while because I was like, oh, I don't feel like setting it all up, you know, cause it's a little bit of time consuming in the beginning, but then man changed my life when it all like started taking care of itself. <laughs> Yeah, like the nurture, the welcome sequence in my emails now, mm-hmm. you know, I just avoided that. And now it's it's a five-part, five-week welcome sequence so that mm-hmm. people can really get to know me, but that's all automated. So that's really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what's your favorite or most effective way to market your business? Um. For the store, without a doubt, hands down, it's social media, mm. it's Facebook and Instagram. And it always surprises me when people complain about um, the effectiveness or how much their posts are shown. Because although we run ads a little more frequently now, um, uh, most of our growth was organic for the store. And it's been really great. I mean, we, you know, that's how we built the business. Yeah. It's, um, it, it can definitely be used. I mean, that's what, yeah. When I talk to business owners that are like, I just don't think it's worth it. And I just don't get any engagement. I'm like, well, I mean, then that tells me then you're not really resonating, you know, with who you're trying to reach, you know? So maybe like think about your messaging or your images that you use or like what platforms you're on kind of thing. Cause it's, there's definitely growth, you know, in social media. Yeah, and our and our, for the store, we, you know, we switched from having an, a big online presence in terms of like not having a physical location. So we were doing blog posts and we were using Pinterest. And then mm-hmm. when we opened the store, we closed our Etsy shop. We stopped Pinterest. Like it, you know, you often hear people say choose the two platforms or maybe three platforms that perform the best for you or that you can reach your target market the best. And for us, I quickly realized we didn't need Twitter. Right. We, we can utilize Pinterest, but with a, a more of a local business, it's not as effective. So right. I stopped focusing on Pinterest and I really focused on Facebook and Instagram. And I'll tell you 90, 80, 90% of the time when people come in and we ask them, how did they know about us? How did they hear about us? It's, it's Facebook and Instagram. That's awesome. I love it. And I will say with Savvy Shopkeeper, um, probably the best marketing tool is the free group. And mm. now the podcast. The podcast made a big difference too. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are, I mean, it's a great way, you know, for content and SEO and, and just how to reach people. Like it's so many people are turning to podcasts these days. So it's an awesome tool. And it also made a difference in terms of establishing authority, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it made a difference people reading blog posts versus actually hearing my voice. Like it, it suddenly resonated with them or it made an impression. It really made a difference. My whole business pivoted a little bit 
when I launched the podcast and they could actually hear my voice. Yeah. It makes it, it takes it like that, that next step, you know, next it's like, level, you, yeah. Yeah. Like you can read and get to know someone, but then you hear them. And then if you see them, like, you know, uh, you were saying you go live sometimes and that just, yeah, just takes it to another level. And I think too, they, when people can hear your voice, they can hear if you're genuine or authentic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I try to convey to my communities and, and it's mostly women. We have some men, but it's mostly women. But I always try to like, let them know that I, I completely understand their struggles because I experience the same things. And I think they can hear that in my voice. And I think the empathy helps. Yeah, totally. Makes such a difference. Yeah. Well, especially like you said, if you, you know, you're going through the same thing or, you, or you've been through those things. So, I mean, having that experience as opposed to somebody that's hasn't, you know, been through the trenches is, you know, just so much better. I agree. Um, So what do you do to help your business grow? You know, like how do you get out of your comfort zone? Um, And like, do you have any examples and and advice? Um, I would say initially for the store, I did a lot of networking, in-person networking, collaborations, um, that kind of work just to like meet people and get people to learn about the store mm-hmm. and then, you know, the social media, but networking and per- I'm an introvert. So networking in person is, is I'm, you know, I can, I'm comfortable speaking with people and I can be engaging, but you know, there's a level where, or a point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> right. Yeah. So networking like that in person and really putting myself out there takes a lot of effort. But I would say for the store, that's really what I did at the beginning. And then for Savvy Shopkeeper, what? What's, yeah, it's weird because I, I actually love to teach in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what. Probably talking about myself, like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal journey, I actually went into my Facebook group and I went live a few weeks ago and because part of it is people comment on my social media posts because they've seen me on TV (laughs) because (laughs) of what I did in law enforcement. And it was making me uncomfortable thinking, well, my current audience, they have no idea. And I feel like I'm hiding something from them. So that was very uncomfortable for me was to like tell my truth. And even though they're not hiding anything and there's nothing to be ashamed of, it was more like, listen, I was in a completely different path before in a different field. And this is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And people saw me on TV. <clears throat> so they comment on social media. But if you see any of those comments, I just want you to know. So that's been very uncomfortable for me. Uncomfortable for me is just telling my whole story. I'm comfortable telling my retail story, but I was very uncomfortable telling my, my former <laughs> life, I guess you can say. Yeah. So well, that's I'm, hard. Getting, I'm getting comfortable with it. I'm yeah. working <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to like, I don't know, put ourselves out there in like all of it, you know, and just even open up about it. And it's like, well, do people even care about this or like why, you know, right. kind of, yeah, it's just uncomfortable. And then it's like, am I talking about myself too much? But I just want right. to make sure they know, you know, yeah. <laughs> That, all of those things. And yeah. I think that was it. Like, who really cares? But if it's coming up in other places, I felt like I had to address it. Right. And then and then exactly what you said about, does first of all, does anyone really care? 
And then I felt like I was talking about myself way too much. That was way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It's, that's tough. And yeah, I think that's something everybody struggles with. Um, and also too, I totally agree with you on the networking. I mean, I'm so shy. Like it took me like two years to even start doing this podcast. Cause the thought of it just like, I don't know, I just couldn't even like fathom it. And so, you know, like the networking things, you're going to have to like give your 30 seconds and everybody's staring at you. And I'm just like, oh, can I get out of here and go home? But it's like, I do love like same thing. I love engaging and talking to people, but I hate it when like, it's like a almost quote unquote, like public speaking kind of like, I'm just not good at that, but it, it it's effective. And, you know, meet like all the people that I've met have just been amazing and like tons of business growth, but it's just uncomfortable every time. <laughs> And I think that's what, you know, you you hear all the cliche sayings and you see all the graphics, but it really is, it's those times in your, in your path or your career that you make yourself uncomfortable that you really start to grow because then you've conquered that mountain. And then what's the next mountain? Because there's always another mountain. Yeah. But it, it genuinely does help us grow. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, and also too, I was looking at, I saw on your Instagram, your pretty car that you bought a few years ago. And you said you put like, that was out of your comfort zone. <laughs> oh, it's totally so gorgeous. I mean, I had to go to an auction house for that. And that was way out of my wheelhouse. Luckily I had a friend in the automotive industry and he said he would go with me mm-hmm. for anyone listening and wondering what we're talking about. I have a 65 Mustang, <laughs> but I always knew I wanted a classic car and mm-hmm. I probably, I am not the typical like muscle car kind of person probably, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted it. And I love like the classic lines of a Mustang. Yeah. And there's something. a friend went and he helped me through the process and I was just dump I was floored when when the auction ended and I realized what I got the car for it was <laughs> unbelievable so now fast forward I think it's been like a dozen years like 12 years later I still have it she sits in the garage I take care of it I only take <laughs> it out on sunny days but I love it yeah yeah without a doubt that was out of my comfort zone <laughs> that's so cool it's such an awesome story um yeah, I can't imagine like what that atmosphere would be like. I've never been to one, but it seems like it would be a little, I mean, I guess aggressive, but so I just, yeah, that was probably yeah, uncomfortable. Aggressive <laughs> and intimidating. And now mind you, I, I was, you know, coming from law enforcement, I'm, I'm used to working with majority men. So that, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't quite it, quite it, but at the same time, yes, you're in, you know, this big, massive building with probably hundreds or close to a thousand men. And then you're, you know, bidding against these dudes. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if the guy thought that I was just like dead serious. Like if I was there, I must've been prepared to pay a lot of money, which Mm. I wasn't. And he backed off and it worked out. Oh, you must have a heck of a poker face. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's still, even after all these years, surprises me. It's great. (laughs) Um, awesome. So moving into your, oh, your favorites. Um, so what's your favorite book, uh, favorite drink, thing to do to relax, thing to watch and your favorite place to go? Oh gosh, you're going to have to read. Yeah, I'll repeat them for sure. (laughs) So favorite book is probably the big leap. Um, and that book really helped me make the pivot from my former career to going all in on, on being my own boss. Mm-hmm. There were just a couple parts of it. I love the zone of genius. 
part and um there's another part in the book where he talks about where you just kind of stifle your own growth and there's a term and i'm drawing a blank on it now oh gosh i'll think of it once we once we're done recording and someone's going to be listening to this and they're going to say it they're like i know what you're talking about <laughs> but the big leap for sure was okay. a great book for me i've never read that one i've heard of it and so i'm gonna put it on my list um okay. So, uh, yeah, we also have like a book club based on all of these book recommendations that I get from um, guests. So I will put that on the list. Okay. It's a good one. Okay. Good to know. Um, what's your favorite drink? Um, my favorite drink. Oh gosh. I mean, I would go non-alcohol and alcohol. So <laughs> non-alcohol is coffee for sure. Mm. I'm a huge coffee drinker. I mean, I try not to drink too much. But without a doubt, it's two cups in the morning before I can function. I know, me too. And I try, like, it's just so good. It's, like, hard yeah. to not drink so much. Yeah, like, <laughs> I actually look forward to waking up. <gasps> and I'm a morning person. Me too. I look forward to waking up and, like, smelling the coffee brewing. Yes! Oh, my God. I thought I was the only one that, like, went to bed thinking about my morning coffee. Yes. Like, I am the same way. That's me. That's me. I love it. So without a doubt, coffee and most it's black, unless my mom makes it. I'm Puerto Rican. So she makes ca cafe con leche and it's so good. Ooh. And it's just steamed milk and then mm. she puts the milk and the coffee, no sugar. So for sure coffee. And then the other one I would say is probably right now a Moscow mule, but mm. Like it, my husband makes fun of me because I always, I always have to explain to bartenders, I don't want any simple syrup in it. Like I don't want it to be sweet. Like I want to taste the ginger and the beer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if he listens to this podcast, he will be laughing at me. <laughs> but yeah, just a basic Moscow mule, nothing super sweet about it. Awesome. I have never had one, believe it or oh, not. Really? Like, every, yeah, for years I've heard people talk about it. And every time I'm like, oh, I need to. Like, my husband and I, like, we love craft beer and we drink wine. We don't really drink, like, cocktails. And so yeah. I just always kind of forget. But I'm going to have to make it a point to try one. And I just wrote yeah, down and basic. If you, if, if you like a dry champagne, then I yeah. would say order it the same way I order it. And then, a, a like, extra lime juice. Oh, really okay. Good. good. So I'm going to put in my podcast notes. <laughs> <laughs> your drink notes yeah, exactly <laughs> um what's your favorite thing to do to relax um probably just well the beach the mm. beach always calms me but I'm in Cleveland Ohio so we all know <laughs> there aren't beaches or oceans here um but I love going to the beach I love, you know just sitting there reading a book and then the other thing when I'm home is going for a long walk mm -hmm. a three to five mile walk and a brisk walk like it's a fast pace it makes me perspire and I feel like I'm getting a workout. Yeah. Well, it's just walking and, you know, being outside, running kind of like even jogging, just so, such a good way to clear our mind. I feel yes. like. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Um, I would say I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch the morning news when I, when I have my coffee and really that's about it unless, you know, my husband and I watch some type of show or series mm -hmm. that we get hooked on. I will say my guilty pleasure with TV is The Voice. And I know that's going to sound, are you going to say the same thing? Did I love it? No, I do. Yeah. Me and my daughter watch it. She's nine. And my husband's like, why are you watching this? We're like, oh, shh, shh, go, go. <laughs> that's what my husband says. I think we're one and the same person. I know. Um, 
So I think why I love it is I usually watch it by myself or I watch it with my stepson who I adore. He's nine and he's just the cutest thing and he gets a kick out of it. And I love seeing the smile on on his face. But I think what I love about it is it's a happy place. Mm -hmm. And with everything awful on social media and everything awful that happens in the world and working law enforcement for 20 years and seeing awful things there, it's like the voice is my happy place. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. And I just really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, some really talented people. So that might seem lame, but that's it. No, I love it. I totally agree too. You know, like they're all supportive and I mean, they're yeah. like, there are super talented people. And it's also, you know, too, it's like, you know, it's also a place like our minds are constantly running with what we do. And it's a place to, you know, kind of not have to think a lot, but just yes. really have something to enjoy. And it's funny too. So I, I'm with you. <laughs> yep. Without a doubt. That's exactly how I feel. Awesome. Um, last, what's your favorite place? Where's your favorite place to go? Anywhere tropical. (laughs) Um, And my husband would say this too. Anywhere that's 80 to 90 degrees, sun, sand, ocean, water, Mm. beach, palm trees. Yes. Now, I don't have, I mean, I love Maui, um, Oahu, Hawaii, you know, I Mm -hmm. love, I love, I loved it there, but really it's any, any, any place that has those things. Oh, that's awesome. And you said your mom's Puerto Rican? Yeah, my mom and dad. Yeah. Okay. So do you ever go back to Puerto Rico? You know what? I we I do on occasion and over the past probably decade or two, it's usually more as a tourist. So it's mm-hmm. not quite the same when you know if you were to go and visit family. But yeah, and that's a prime example of like I any it has all of the things that I love and I'm happy there too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but my best friend, she uh, her husband's Puerto Rican, and so she's gone okay. back a few times, and she just like she'll send me pictures, and it just looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so where can everybody find you? Like website, social media, all that good stuff. And I'll put these yeah, in the notes too. Okay, it's um, all the same. Savvy Shopkeeper is singular. Is the website savvyshopkeeper.com. and then social media, Facebook. Instagram, Pinterest, it's all the same username at Savvy Shopkeeper. I tried to keep it really simple. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow the store, which would be great, um, that's at the Salvage Boutique. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. And then the podcast for Savvy Shopkeeper is Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Awesome. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Nicole. I know. This has been so much fun. Um, yeah, like, I feel like we have so much in common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for taking the time. I know you're super busy. And so this has just been this, such a fun conversation. So we'll have to stay in touch. Yes, for sure. We'll see each other on Instagram and we'll be in touch without a doubt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thanks again. And thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Nicole.